Thank you for listening to the Giving Light Podcast. We are a family church and world outreach center. Our heart is to empower you to walk in true freedom and equip you to impact your world. Please visit our website at givinglight.org to learn more about us and our many resources, including original music by Brave Music, e-courses for leaders, tools for raising powerful kids, and more. If you would like to support Giving Light financially, visit our Give Online page to choose the best giving method for you. Thanks again for joining us and enjoy this message. Well, I don't have any candy, so sorry. You're like, that's good. You want a Snickers? That, that's like the boutique candy Snickers. Yeah, like, not that anybody would get Halloween candy. But if you ever did, that's like you look for the Snickers, you look for the Reese's, Twix, you know, like the upper echelon of, like, candies. So, can everybody hear me? Okay. So, how many of you, how many of, you are thankful to be alive? I, I was praying for that one because sometimes when I ask questions, people don't say anything. So, I was thinking, I hope people say that they're happy to be alive. <laughs> so, today I wanted to talk about the architecture of a thankful heart. Since Thanksgiving's coming up, right? We should have some, uh, some sermons on Thanksgiving. Uh, so I wanted to talk about the architecture of a thankful heart. And so every structure begins with the foundation. The integrity, the stability, the strength of a structure is dependent upon the quality of the foundation. So what is the foundation of a thankful heart? So where does it begin? Do you have the awesome right there? Architecture of a thankful heart. Did I spell it right, Loretta? Looks good to me. All right. So in 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 through 18, rejoice always. Can you read it with me? Rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. In everything, give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Wow. So knowing that it's the will of God to be thankful in everything is the foundation of a thankful heart. See, I know a lot of times when people talk on the will of God, we always say, well, it's the things that we're called to do and accomplish, but the will of God is so much bigger than that. See, a lot of times we think, well, I'm called to be a pastor. I'm called to be a physician. I'm called to be a teacher. I'm called to be a bookkeeper. I'm called to be uh, a business owner. I'm called to be a professional athlete, like Aiden tells me all the time, etc., etc., etc. And those are great, but we also have a call to become. So most of my time as a pastor have been people that have been frustrated and confused about what they were called to do. Is this the right place? Is this the right time? Is this the right position? Is this the right opportunity? And all these things are what we're called to do and accomplish, which is great. But we cannot forget that we're not only called to do, but we're also called to become. I'm going to say that again. We're not only called to do, but we're also called to become. So you could be the right place 
at the right time and not be thankful and miss your opportunity. Right? You could be at the right place, the place, and you're doing the things that God has called you to do, but you have a terrible attitude, you're ungrateful, you're unthankful, and you can miss the opportunity. See, like I said before, we're not only called to do, but we're also called to become. They're in tandem together. So it's important to understand that there's a will of God for you to become as well as a will of God for you to do or to accomplish. And the truth is most of scripture focuses on God's will for you to become rather than what you're called to do. If you look at the entirety of scripture, scripture, it's mostly about what he's called you to become, not what you're called to do. Now, if, see what happens is a lot of times we focus on what we're to do and we get the cart before the horse, right? I ne- well, I guess I've been in a buggy before, but uh, maybe Reuben can help me out on this. If you put the cart before the horse, it doesn't work, right? And see, a lot of times people are frustrated with their call, right? They're frustrated with their call because uh, they're disappointed or they're frustrated or they're angry, but it's because they're placing a higher value on what they're called to do rather than what they're called to become. And can you see why people would get frustrated? Just like that cart before the horse, it just doesn't work. And guess what? You're getting mad at the horse. You're getting mad at the person beside you because you have it backwards, But like I said, most of scripture is about what you're called to become, not called to what you're you're to accomplish or do. But if we realize when we fulfill God's call for us to become, what we're called to do will naturally flow from that place. See, if we have it in the right order, if we pay attention to what God has called us to become, what we're called to do is just naturally going to flow from it. Right? When you put that that horse before the cart, it just naturally follows, right? I didn't know I would be doing a, a cart examples, but thank you, Ruben, for your expertise on that one. I appreciate that. All right. In First Thessalonians 5, which we read before, notice how, well, let's actually look at it again. Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, in everything give thanks. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. So the foundation of a thankful heart is to know that it's his will for you to do it. Like I said before, a lot of us focus so much on attention. God, what do you want me to do? And he's saying, this is what I want you to become. And so the foundation of a thankful heart is to say, you know what? In everything, I need to give thanks. In every situation, I need to rejoice. In every situation, I need to put my heart affection towards God in prayer. But notice that in this verse, that God's will is focused around how our heart is in relationship to him at all times in all circumstances. Do you see this? That it's focused around how our heart is in relationship to him at all times in all circumstances. How much does always cover? Yeah, I know this this is real difficult stuff. In everything, how much does that cover? So it's saying, what is your heart connection to the Father in every situation? 
Here's the thing, rejoicing always, praying without ceasing, and thanksgiving in every circumstance are all acts of our will. No one can make you do it. Guess what? It's a part of his will, but he doesn't force us to do it. So it's my choice to rejoice always. It's my choice to pray without ceasing. It's my choice to be thankful in in all things. So how do we align with his will? How do we do it? especially when it's difficult. How many of you feel like rejoicing when all hell is breaking loose? How many, how many of you feel like giving thanks when everything's falling apart? Well, I, I appreciate your honesty. No one's raising their hand. <laughs> it wasn't really a question, but it worked out. It was rhetorical, but I appreciate your non-participation in the per- participation. So when it's difficult or when we're in moments of weakness, emotional distress, fear, whatever it may be, it's not always easy to rejoice. It's not always easy to give thanks. It's not always easy to put your attention on the heart of the Father. But guess what? What does it say? It's his will for us in Christ Jesus. Another version will say it's his will for those who belong to him. Do you belong to him? So here's the key. When our reality is hell... We must align with heaven. And we do that. We accomplish this by faith. We align our thoughts from heaven's perspective. And guess what? Rejoicing always, praying without ceasing, and all things giving thanks, these activities draw our attention to heaven so that we can agree with what is true, no matter what we may perceive or feel in our present circumstance. Do you realize when you pray, it's actually an act of worship? When you pray, it's actually an act of honor as well. Because what is prayer? It's saying, God, I want you involved in my situation. It's placing value on him. What is it saying? I need you in the midst of my mess. So it's really saying, God, I honor you because you have the answers, right? You know all things. You have wisdom and counsel. And so worship or, or prayer is an act of worship, but it's, it's through honor. When we pray, we honor God. So when we, when we are thankful in all things, we are aligning ourselves to his will. Being thankful is not just a good idea. It's not just a good idea. It's not just a self-help tip. It's not just uh, a good thing for your emotional help, which those things are true, but being thankful is actually aligning ourselves with the will of God for your life. So next time someone comes to me, you know, what should I do? What is God calling me to do? I'll start with, are you thankful? Are you rejoicing in all things? Are you connecting in heart with the Father through prayer? Are you honoring him in the midst of your circumstance by seeking counsel and seeking wisdom from him? You know, I was really excited about this message because a lot of times when I preach, it's always those thinkers, right? And then it's always those one like, I need to go cry for a little bit after hearing it. And so I was like, oh, Danielle, I'm preaching. She's like, oh, okay, okay. Did I prepare my heart today to receive something? But I'm excited about this one because it's more 
It's thankful. <laughs> Are you thankful for the message? All right. You th- well, is that your stomach or your mind? All right. So knowing that it's his will to be thankful in all things is the foundation of a thankful heart. How do we lay the foundation to a thankful heart? Be aware that it's his will. So in the midst of your situation, say, God, what do you want me to do? Guess what? Be thankful. Rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. So how do we lay that foundation? I want you to say this with me. Always, without ceasing, in all things. One more time. Always, without ceasing, in all things. And you may be thinking, impossible, unattainable. You want me to pray without ceasing? You want me to rejoice in everything? You want me to be thankful in the midst of my circumstance, in the midst of my mess, in the midst of all hell breaking loose? What does it say? This is the will of God for those in Christ Jesus. What, do you want, what does he want me to do? Be thankful. And I'm going to get into when we're thankful, actually his wisdom and his counsel is actually released. So if we were called to it, then we were created for it. Say it again. If it's his will, which it is, if you were called to it, then you were created for it, meaning you have the capacity to do it. Meaning it is part of your spiritual DNA to rejoice always, pray without ceasing, and in all things give thanks. Come on. You have the capacity for it. See, a lot of times we read that and say, well, that's for the real religious people, or that's for the real That's for the pastors. That's for this. It's for all of us. If you are in Christ Jesus, this is his will for you. Come on. So our foundation is on level ground. Now, I know that I'm talking about architecture and building. If you know me, this is the furthest thing from reality. Okay? I worked construction for about a summer. And a couple people almost died. And so it wasn't a great thing. Uh, Uh... (laughs) fields were set on fire people were shot with nail guns I cut almost cut my finger off all this stuff so that was not my calling okay say thank you Jesus but the Lord just gave me a revelation about architecture you see how that works right so but Reuben you can correct me if I'm wrong or Danny when you lay a foundation you need to make sure that the ground is level right So what is our level foundation? You made me nervous because you were like, you had to think about it. I was like, oh no, this is going to ruin my whole point right here. But thank you with agreeing with me. All right. So we need a level foundation or we need a level ground to lay a good foundation, right? So what is our foundation? In 1 Corinthians 5.17, let's read read it with me. Therefore... 
If anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. So Christ laid the groundwork on the cross to walk this out. Well, you know what? It's just not possible for me to rejoice in, in, in all things. It's just not possible for me to give thanks. Actually, you're a new creation. It's actually a part of your spiritual DNA. Right? How many of you, how many of you believe it, that you're a new creation? Well, this is part of your DNA. Come on. So you need a level, level ground to lay a good foundation. This truth is the level ground beneath your foundation. When you look at rejoicing always, praying without ceasing, and all things give thanks, the level groundwork for this is what Christ has done on the cross for you. It's actually, you have the capacity for it, but not only the capacity, it's actually a part of your DNA to naturally function like this. See what happens when we believe lies? We don't live up to the capacity of what God has created us to, us to walk in. So this is actually part of our new creation design. A lot of times we just think that just deals with sin, but it's actually reworked our DNA to function as Christ intended us to function. So how does always without ceasing in all things become a reality, not just an unreachable standard? It starts with making a choice. Rejoicing always. Whose choice is that? The pastors. Okay. Whose choice is to pray for you without ceasing? Definitely the pastors. That, that's, yeah. Yeah, you can't miss that one. Oh, and to be thankful. All of them are acts of your will. Are you, are you with me? So it starts with making a choice, and, but it's through consistency that it becomes a part of our nature. And because it's a part of our nature, it becomes natural. I'm going to say that again. Because it's a part of our nature, it becomes natural. What does that mean? It means that you are the way you are because of consistent behavior. How many of you are night owls? It's not bedtime until it's 11.30. I used to be that way. It's like 1 o'clock. Man, that's when the juices start flowing, right? But how many of you are like, uh, it's 6.30. I need to prepare for entering into the, the bedchamber. But guess what? But why are you doing that? Because you got to get up early. And so when I was younger, I was a night owl. I was. And then I was blessed with children. <laughs> and sometimes I wake up and look at the clock. I'm like waking up on my own. I was like, it's 545. It's six o'clock. What is wrong? There's something wrong with this. Consistent behavior actually changed my nature. Now it's natural for me to do it. And it's so frustrating because have you ever been on vacation and you're like, I'm going to sleep in. And you're like, I slept into seven o'clock. <laughs> no 
fun anymore. Even if you go to bed late, 6.30, wide awake. Thank you, Jesus. Why is that? Consistency of behavior. It becomes a part of your nature. Going to say this again. Consistency of behavior, it makes it a part of your nature so that it becomes natural. Well, you know what? Rejoicing always is just not attainable. Consistency of nature makes it natural. Are you guys following me? When you are thankful in all things, guess what? When something comes up, you're like, thank you, Jesus. Not in the sarcastic way. Have you ever been sarcastic with the Lord? Like something bad happens and you're like, thank you, Jesus. Like, you're not thanking Jesus. Don't lie to yourself. You're saying the religious thing, but really what you want to say can't be said over this mic, right? So consistency of behavior, it becomes more of the, it becomes on the forefront of your nature and then it becomes natural, right? Right? A situation may come up and then you're waiting for the hammer to drop. Why is that? Consistency of thought. Consistency of behavior. But guess what? If we make a choice, how do you eat an elephant? Well, you got to cook it first, hopefully, right? (laughs) You're like getting ahead of yourself. You want to eat a raw, a raw elephant? Okay. All right. I just pitched it up. I pitched it up and then. So you eat it one bite at a time, one meal at a time. So guess what? Today when when something happens, I'm not saying anything negative happens, or you think of something that happened in the past that gets you upset, say, wait a second, I'm going to be thankful. I'm going to rejoice right now. And then when it comes up again, You rejoice again. And then the more you do it, guess what happens? It's just going to start being natural. Right? Isn't this exciting? And then people are like, why are you thanking when this is going on? Well, it's just part of my nature. A nature that has been given to me through Christ's sacrifice. He's laid the groundwork so that I could build a foundation for a thankful heart. Come on. So the key to a lifestyle of giving thanks is, more, is the more you do it, the more it will become a part of your nature. Here's the beautiful thing. When it becomes a part of your nature, you don't even have to try. Guess what? If this is not, a, if this is not on the forefront of your nature, it's going to be work, right? It's going to be like, oh, I did it again. I complained. Okay, I'm going to give thanks. And it's going to be tough sledding, right? Have you guys ever seen uh, the, the old Disney movie? Um, no, that is no. Yes, I've seen it. Would you like to talk about it? Do you have an illustration today? Yes, the bobsled. The bobsled, I don't feel the rhythm, feel the, what's the second word? Feel the ride. I never knew what they said, so feel the rhythm. All right. It's bobsled time. Now I can't even remember what I was going to say. Thank you very much. 
Okay, I remember. I was just giving them a hard time. All right. See, when you're a pastor's kid, you relish these having the mic moments. <laughs> it's get even time. All right. No, because that's not a part of my nature to get even. No, it would never. No. All right. So have you ever seen the, it's, uh, the old Disney movie, Swiss Family Robinson? All right. Thank you, Jesus. So when the pirates were coming up the hill, what did they do? They threw, they had these big rocks, right? And they rolled them down the hill, right? And so think of it like this. At the beginning of you starting to work on this, it's going to be heavy, right? It's going to be difficult. But as you push, it gets lighter and lighter. And then eventually, the, the momentum of you know, force by whatever, all right, the momentum takes over, and then you're not even pushing anymore. It just takes over. Are you guys seeing this? It's going to be like this. When you're working on rejoicing always, being thankful in all things, and praying without ceasing, it's going to seem like heavy lifting. But if we do it, it will get easier. If we are consistent with it. Make sense? Colossians 2, 6 through 7. And now, just as you accepted Christ Jesus as your Lord, what was, in, what was 1 Thessalonians? This is the will of God for those who are in Christ Jesus. In Colossians 2. And now, just as you accepted Christ Jesus as your Lord. So this is talking about the same people. All right? You must continue to follow me. Isn't that interesting? It's not just a prayer. It's not just saying it one time. It says, since you're in Christ Jesus, follow me. Continue in the walk. Then it says, let your roots grow down into him and let your lives be built on him. What is our level ground? Christ Jesus. He is, our found, he is our level foundation. Then your faith will grow strong in the truth, in, uh, in the truth you were taught, and you will overflow with thankfulness. Don't you love it when the word confirms itself? Many times people are waiting on the spectacular revelation or a new revelation to implement change in their lives, rather than rooting themselves in the truth that they already know. Well, if I could just have this new revelation, or God, if you could show me this, or God, if you could open this door, and God's saying, what have you done with the revelation that you already have? And what is the biggest revelation that we have? Our firm foundation or our level ground is Christ Jesus. And if we are in him, then we are called to follow him. Come on. If you look at revelation as a seed, what is the benefit of a revelation if it's never planted, pressed into the dirt and cultivated? Look at my collection of seeds that the Lord has shown me. Aren't they beautiful? But we can't partake of it because they're just on the shelf. But the awesome thing about this is We have the master cultivator on our side. 
Remember, this is his will for those who are in Christ. If we are in Christ, then the Holy Spirit is in our corner. He's on our side. He is working in us to do the will of the Father. Philippians 2, 13. For God is working in you, giving you the desire and the power to do what pleases him. What's his, what's his will for you? To rejoice always, to pray without ceasing, and in everything give thanks. What is the Holy Spirit working in you to, to uh, work it out of you or work it in you to cultivate it in you? His will, his desire. So we have the same spirit that raised Jesus Christ from the dead in us, working in us for his good pleasure, for his good will. Come on. So this is not just, this is just not on your own strength. You're actually partnering with the Holy Spirit in this effort. So guess what? When something happens, maybe one of the first things that you can do is say, not in a sarcastic way. Holy Spirit, help me in this moment. Give me the words to say, because I have plenty to say right now but it would not honor you or the person that I want to tell right now. <laughs> Knowing that it's God's will for you to be thankful in everything and aligning with it is the foundation of a thankful heart. So like when I teach, I like to go back. What is our level ground? Christ, the work, his work on the cross, meaning it's a part of your spiritual DNA for this to happen, Right? then what is our foundation to know that it's the will of God for you to walk this out and to align with it? All right, so that's the first one. So the next structural element of a thankful heart is its walls. Can you say with me, walls? Psalms 100, one through five. Make a joyful shout to the Lord, all you lands. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before his presence with singing. Know that the Lord, he is God, and, he, and it is he who has made us, and not we ourselves. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. What was just happening right before this? He was blessing the Lord, right? He was honoring the Lord. And then it goes on to say... Enter his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Be thankful to him and bless his name for the Lord is good. His mercy is everlasting and his truth endures to all generations. Now, this is just a side note, but have, have you ever been in a situation where like, I, I just do not have anything positive to say right now. Zero things to say. So I'm just going to keep my mouth shut. But let me tell you something. The word has something to say. Are you hearing me? The word has something to say. So in that moment, we can go to Psalms 100 and say, the Lord is good. His mercy is everlasting and his truth endures to all generations. So when you don't have anything good to say, we need to know the word. If we don't have any thanks to be giving, then go to the word. If we don't have anything to rejoice about, go to the word. Why? Because it's the foundation. It's the level ground. Are you guys with me? 
So his word actually elevates our perspective because in the moment, we're in the muck, we're in the mess, we're seeing all the junk, and what his word does, it actually elevates us to new ways of thinking. You don't have anything to say, go to Psalms 100. The Lord is good. His mercy is everlasting. Come on. So the resources necessary to build the foundation of a thankful heart are found in the word of God. So how do you build the foundation? Where, where do you get the resources? In the natural, you go to the hardware store. In the spiritual, you go to the word of God. How do I build this foundation of a thankful heart? You go to the word of God. It says, enter his gates with thanksgiving. So I want you guys to hear this. Thanksgiving is required to enter in. I'm going to say this again. Thanksgiving is required to enter in. So Thanksgiving is your permit. It's your ID card. If we could enter in however we wanted, there would be no need for a gate. Are you guys following me? What are we entering into? If we enter into a gate, what are we entering into? Now, this is going to seem real spiritual. But we're entering into safety. Why? Because what is on the side of a gate that's important? Walls. How many of you are thankful that your house has walls right now? Because you walk out of the house and you say, thank you, Jesus. Right? It's cold. So what are the walls doing? They're protecting you from the outside elements. Are you guys following me? Why do we enter in with thanksgiving? Because it is protecting us from outside elements. Come on. Have you ever seen a gate without a wall? Have you ever seen a gate without a fence? Have you ever seen a gate without a barrier? The gate would become obsolete without a wall. If there is a need for, is there a need to walk through a gate if there's no barrier? Remember what I said, Thanksgiving is required to enter in. Have you, have you ever gone into a pasture and just seen a gate? You're like, oh, a gate, hmm. You walk past the gate? You walk on this side of the gate? What's the point of going through the gate? Come on. So when we are thankful, we enter into protection because a gate without walls has no purpose. Come on. That Hebrew word for thanksgiving is the word todah. And this is the type of thanksgiving that deals with the, not the feeling of it, but rather the sacrifice of it. This is beautiful, people. This is beautiful. So the scripture's even saying, when you enter in, it's not because you feel like it, right? This is the type of praise because it's a sacrifice. Come on, you gotta, you gotta track with me here. 
The reason it's this word, right, tada, it's the type of thanksgiving that deals not with the feeling of it, but rather the sacrifice of it. How do we enter into safety? Because I give thanks even when I don't feel like it. Why do you need protection if things are going great? Right? Why do you need protection if things are going great? When do you need protection? When the enemy's coming after you. When the battle's great. When the situation at work happens again. Come on. So it is used for thanking God for things not yet received. Well, I just don't know what to thank God for right now. Start thanking him for the things that you know you're about ready to receive. Come on. You know, there could be a situation at work. You know that one situation that everybody has? Yeah, that one. It's, it's relative to every person here, that, that one situation, right? What should you do when it happens again? Give thanks. Because what does it do? You enter into a place of safety. Come on. What happens if there's conflict in the home? Well, thank you, Jesus. And so when we give thanks, it's not like, thank you, Jesus, for this horrible thing that just happened. I thank you for this, Jesus. Thank you for sending me this horrible thing. No, it's not that. It's saying, thank you, Jesus, that you have the answer before I even need it. I thank you that you are moving on behalf of everybody that's involved. I thank you that you are downloading the wisdom right now. I thank you that you are good and your mercy is everlasting. And I thank you that you are just and a good God. So it's not like we're thanking him for the horrible thing. We're saying, I'm thanking you for what I haven't yet received, but I know is coming. Come on. Can you see why this, can you see why this, this enters us into safety? Can you see why it enters us into safety? Because what happens when something, the enemy says, look at what I'm doing. Hello, I'm over here. Have you forgotten about me? Yes, I'm here to kill, steal, and destroy. Look at me, look at me, look at me. And when we give thanks, guess what? We enter in to a place of safety that said, yeah, I'm in here. I'm in a place of safety. I can actually hear the voice of God so clearly right now because I've entered into safety because I'm giving thanks. I'm giving honor to him, even in the midst of when I don't even feel like it. Come on. It also means to admit as real or true. So when we, we may not see the manifestation of the blessing, but we're already praising God for it. God, I just thank you right now that you are already moving on my behalf and I am so excited for what you're gonna do in this situation. I can't even contain myself right now and I was gonna preach on this uh, later, but I cut it out this morning, but that's okay. I'm gonna talk about it now really fastly. So that, that word, enter his courts with praise, that word, uh, uh, the, the Hebrew word for that is tehila, which actually means this exuberant joy praise. So you enter into his gates of safety when you don't feel like it, but you, but you come through with a joyful, exuberant praise. Come on. 
See, that was really quick. I need to take note of this. That would have been like 20 minutes of explaining what Tehillah meant, but that, that was a little bit better. Okay, we'll go with that next time. All right, but it also means to speak the same. Okay. To speak the same as what? To speak the same as heaven. Come on. So what we need to do is say, Lord, remember, the Holy Spirit's on our side. Something happens in our life that just wrecks everything. Holy Spirit, how do you see this? Because right now I see devastation. Show me what you're going to do. So I can say the same thing as you're saying. Are you guys with me? So this form of praise is firmly connected to our faith. Why are we entering into his gates with thanksgiving when we don't feel like it? Don't feel like it because we need protection. Psalms 50:25. He who offers a sacrifice of praise, there it is again. You mean I don't always feel like worshiping? You mean I don't always feel like praising? Yeah, it's a sacrifice of praise. But I love this. He who offers a sacrifice of praise and thanksgiving, what happens? He honors me. Whoa. Think about this. This is what the heart of the Father is saying. I see where you're at. And you're giving thanks to me and you're praising me. You are honoring me. Come on. And then it goes on to say, and to him who orders his way, who follows the way that I show him, I shall show the salvation of God. Why does it honor and glorify God to offer this type of praise? Because it's a demonstration of trust in the character of God. Why does it honor him? Because we say, no, this is not who you are. Are you guys following me? This is not from you. I know who you are, and I know your character, and I trust you. Can you see why this honors God when we give a sacrifice of praise? Even when I can't see it, I know that you are good. So what it does is when we give thanks in all things, it cuts through all the noise and acknowledges God for who he is. Because guess what? When things happen, the enemy likes to start talking. He likes to start talking, but we don't have to listen, right? We can start giving thanks. Why? Because it honors God for who he is. Come on. But notice this. Notice how surrendering and sacri a sacrificial praise gives way to God's direction and intervention. Let, do you have, can you put that verse up again? He who offers a sacrifice of thanksgiving praise, right, honors me, and to him who orders his way. So what is this saying? To the person that's trying to figure out which way to go, it says that I will show him what to do, and then it says I will show the salvation of God. Are you guys seeing this? So honor ushers in a visitation. To him I will demonstrate the salvation of God. So when we give thanks, what happens? Wisdom comes. Direction comes. Instruction comes. You know that situation at work? Guess what? God has the answer for that, and he's waiting on you to give thanks. Come on. 
So when we are thankful, it enters us into protection. So what's the first thing? What's our level ground? Christ's work on the cross for us. We're new creations in Christ. Then we build our foundation upon that. And what is the foundation? To know that it's God's will that we rejoice and be thankful. And we do that by aligning with the word, aligning with what he says. And then the next structural element is the walls. And what do the walls represent? Protection, safety. Are you guys seeing this? This is a good Thanksgiving message, I think, you know? You're like, oh, round two, everybody. All right. So what is it? Level ground, the foundation, then the walls, then the next structural element that I want to talk about. Dear Jesus, thank you, Jesus. That wasn't sarcastic, believe me. Uh, The next structural element of a thankful heart is the windows. What is the purpose of a window? Now, I came up with two. There could be other ones, but I'm preaching right now. Uh, So the first one is it allows light in. If you didn't have windows in your house, unless you had lights, it would be dark, right? Then the other thing that a window does is it gives us the ability to see outside from a place of safety. Think of a castle. Why did they have windows? Oh, what are they doing over there? I'm in here nice and safe, but I could still see what they're doing. Okay? So if, you're, if you've ever been in a place where you're unthankful, you would know that it's a very dark place. Have you... Like, we might have not thought I'm not being thankful right now, but the truth is when we don't recognize what God is doing, even in the midst of a difficult situation, it gets very dark. Things become not good enough. Your hope gets choked out. You see the worst in the situation. Complaining in comparison is the front of your mind. Issues become exaggerated. So it's it's dark because you're not allowing his light to come in through rejoicing always, giving thanks in all things, praying without ceasing. And all these things are acts of your pastor's will. They're acts of your will, right? So when we give thanks, it actually lightens up in your situation. Come on. You see, when you're thankful, you allow his light to penetrate your darkest circumstance. Psalms 27.1, the Lord is my light. Come on. And my salvation. So why should I be afraid? This sounds like a person that's in safety, right? This sounds like a person that's in safety. Why should I be afraid? Right? The Lord is my fortress. Oh, that's where he is. The Lord is my fortress, protecting me from danger. Why should I tremble? Notice how light and salvation are coupled together. We may not be experiencing the salvation in our circumstance because we haven't allowed light in through thanksgiving. Psalms 50, 23. 
He who offers a sacrifice of praise and thanksgiving honors me. And to him who orders his way rightly, who shows, who follows the way I show him, I shall show the salvation of God. So who follows the way that I show him, what is that referring to? Light. Then it goes on to say, I shall show the salvation of God. What is that referring to? Trick question. Salvation. Right? But both are the result of sacrificially offering of thanksgiving and praise. Come on. If you want direction in your life and you need instruction in your life, start thanking him. Start rejoicing. Because what does it say? I will show him the way to go and I will show him my salvation. So salvation and light. So thanksgiving realigns your perspective because it gives new light to your circumstances. You know what, guys? When things seem hopeless, be thankful. When when you're attacked on all sides, rejoice. When your vision is impaired, be thankful. Are you guys getting where I'm going with this? I didn't, I didn't know. When you're frustrated and can't seem to shake it, give thanks. Have you ever been so frustrated that you don't even know what to do with yourself? Give thanks. Come on. When you have a thought that is contrary to truth, be thankful. Because what is it doing? It's allowing light to come in to your circumstance. Because when we're not thankful, it gets very dark. And we, get, we start staring at ourselves, And we start staring at the circumstance. Rather than when we are thankful, we start staring at him. And the light and the direction and the instruction can come. Remember, it's through consistency that this new perspective becomes part of our nature. You want light in every one of your situations? Be thankful in every situation. Come on. Amen. So what is it? Level ground, which is Christ's work on the cross. The next one is our, our foundation, which is it's his will that we are thankful in all things. The next one are his walls that we enter into protection. The next one is windows, where actually light can come into our situation. All right? The next structural element is a roof. How many of you are thankful for a roof? A roof, if you're from this area. (laughs) Psalms 127, 1 through 2. Unless the Lord builds the house, they labor in vain who built it. Unless the Lord guards the city, the watchmen keep awake in vain. What's the point of watchmen watching if the Lord isn't watching, is what it's saying. It is vain for you to rise early and retire late to eat the bread of anxious labors. What's the point of getting up early, staying up late, working, if you're going to worry about it? That's what it's saying. Then it goes on to say, for he gives blessing, say blessing, to his beloved even in his sleep. 
not his, not God's sleep, our sleep. Now, this verse is not saying you can be lazy because the Bible says plenty of things about that, right? What I believe it's saying is, if you think you could do this on your own strength and ability, you are laboring in vain. Who's on our side? Holy Spirit. And he is going to work in us. Come on. He's going to work in us. How many of you find it really easy right before you go to bed to think about all the things that you didn't get done? How many of you find it easy when you get to bed or you, you lay down and you think about the great task ahead of you? It is perfect for sleeping. Right? You can't sleep. So this is a recipe for sleepless nights. But what if we ended our night with thoughts of gratitude? Rejoicing for what God has done and will do. Prayers that connect our heart to his heartbeat for our situation. What does it say when we give thanks? He sends a solution in our sleep. So we, okay, here's option one. We can stay up all night thinking about how we can fix this, okay? And not sleep, that's option one. And you are free to take that choice if you would like, okay? But then the option is ending your night with praise and thanksgiving that when you know when you go to sleep, actually God's gonna give you the solution when you sleep. That's option two, okay. The choice is yours. <laughs> so this is really the power of thanksgiving. Thanksgiving forces your attention on him. If the project is too big, the journey too long, the task too great, the weight too heavy, what is that saying? It's actually an alarm system. It's actually a warning sign saying, hey, we need some thankfulness over here. If your task is too big, the Lord's saying, hey, worship me. Look at me. If the journey's too long, it's alarm signs saying, hello, people, hello, hello, hello. Be thankful. Rejoice in all things. But we could try to figure it out ourselves. If you want. I think that's really important to note, guys. If things seem too big for you, it's a sign to start giving thanks. And it's not thanks for the problem. It's thanks, God, I know what you're, it's going to be amazing. It's going to be awesome. I love your surprises. When you are thankful, you can rest assured that God is working in, on your behalf even while you sleep. Psalm 16, 7. Uh, this is my favorite psalm, uh, not just this verse, but the whole, this, uh, all of Psalm 16. But it goes, I will bless the Lord who guides me. Even at night, my heart instructs me. What does it say? I will bless the Lord. Even at night, my heart instructs me. Oh, you thought I was just making that up. 
that it, that it was a really good psychological thing to do before bed. It says, what does it say? I will bless the Lord who guides me. Even at night, my heart instructs me. End your night with thanksgiving. End your night with rejoicing. Because even in the middle of the night, you're going to wake up with the answer in the morning. Come on. And it might, you might not wake up and be like, I know exactly what to do. A light bulb pops up right above my head. It might be you just start walking this thing out and you're like, whoa, I never thought of that. Oh, I never looked at it like that. Come on. You see, when I place my attention and honor towards God, he imparts wisdom to my heart while I sleep. I'm receiving solution, direction, wisdom, guidance, instruction while I sleep. Talk about the purest impartation you can get. How many of you have gotten impartation while you're awake? What happens? Well, God, did you think about this? Come on. Well, God, have you thought about that? When you sleep, you just get it. It's an unhindered download. But how does it begin? Lord, I thank you that you got this thing figured out. And I'm so excited for what you're going to do in this situation. I don't even know what it is right now, but I'm thanking you even before it happens. And, oh, is that right? You just told me that? Well, I'm going to thank you for that. Come on. So it begins with blessing the Lord, rejoicing always, being thankful in all things. Got two more elements, and they're really short. So what's the first one? First thing, level ground. The second thing is foundation, which is the will of God. The third thing is walls of protection. The fourth thing is the windows, right? Um, the, the last one that I just did was the roof, right? How many of you are thankful for that roof over your head at night? So the next structural element of a thankful heart is its power. How many thankful for power in your house? For the power to flow, connection is required. Real quickly, we've had, uh, like I said, I don't do construction things. But uh, we had a doorbell issue for about nine years, ten years. I've been processing through this, how to fix this for a long time. I'm, I'm one that likes to assess and solve, so after finally nine years of it. So actually, I go to get a nightlight at the hardware store, and I walk by, and I was like, oh, there's doorbells. It's like, we need one of those. I was like, this can't be too hard. I looked at the back. Oh, there's two wires. Okay. And then I called dad and I said, hey, uh, so blah, blah, blah. And he's like, I don't know. And then, uh, yeah, he's like, check YouTube. That, that's, that's the dad now. It's like, hey, you can fix the car on there. But anyways, so it's like, okay, uh, that, I'm just shortening the conversation. That's why there's a lot of uh, stuff going on. All right, so I get it home. I hook it up. It's not quite working, so I go up to the chime box. Yeah, I've learned that's what that's called. All right, the chime box. And I was like, okay, there's a... Let, let's just put this wire over here, see if that works. And I did it, and it works. So hallelujah, we got a doorbell now. But one thing I learned in this great experience is, is connection is required for power. 
That's kind of like, why is your computer not working? Is it plugged in? That's the first thing you need to check. Okay. All right. So 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 through 18. Rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. In everything, give thanks. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Do not quench the spirit. Whoa. Right after it says rejoice always. Pray without ceasing, and all things give thanks. What does it say? Do not quench the Spirit. Do you think there's a correlation? So there's a relationship between rejoicing always, prayer and being thankful, and our connection to the Holy Spirit. Just like I had that doorbell that actually has a nice light on it so that you can see it at night. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. And so, but it required connection, right? And so how do we embolden our connection with the Holy Spirit? Rejoicing always, praying without ceasing, honoring God in your circumstance, giving thanks in all things. So our relationship with the Holy Spirit is cooperative. We both have a part to play. The word quench in the Greek means to extinguish, extinguish. So the connotation is to put out a fire. What is the Holy Spirit related to in Scripture? A fire. Right after, not rejo- right after rejoicing, giving thanks. Come on. So in a metaphorical way, it means to stifle divine influence. What have I just been talking about the past, I don't know, uh, hour or so, or 45 minutes, I don't know. You lose track sometimes. Sometimes you're like, dear Jesus, get me out of here. But today's feeling pretty good. All right, so... Now, now I just totally love my dread of thought. All right. So when we don't give thanks in our situations, we hinder our connection to receive that divine inspiration that we need. What have I been talking about for the past 45 minutes? That when we give thanks, instruction and wisdom actually comes. When we don't give thanks, what happens? It stifles, it suppresses divine influence. Are you guys following me? When we don't, it actually hinders wisdom for your situation right now. I know everybody riding home, Lord, I just thank you for my wife. I thank you for my kids. I thank you for my dog. I thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. (laughs) But like I said, this is something that you have to continually and consistently do because when you do it, it becomes a part of your nature. Come on. And like I said with the whole uh, Swiss Family Robinson, it, it's hard at first to push over the rock. But as you go higher, come on, as you go higher, it gets lighter. And eventually the force or the weight of the rock will then take momentum itself. All right. Um, so it's counterproductive to be negative because all we're doing is stifling inspiration for the situation that we need help in. Oh, I didn't think about that one. Okay. So when we're negative about our situation, what happens? I actually stifle wisdom for that area. Oh. See, I could have happy sermons, but they always get back to that one thing that, ooh. Right? When I'm negative, I actually stifle my connection 
to hear wisdom. Because of time, I won't add anything more to that. So the next thing, the next structural element of a thankful heart is it's plumbing. You, you guys are thinking, wow, he really went deep with this one. We went real deep with this one. All right. So my sermon would not be complete without this verse. Proverbs 4.23. Above all else, guard your heart for everything you do flows from it. Rejoicing always, praying without ceasing, and everything giving thanks is one of the best filtration systems that you can have for your whole body. Now, without getting into it, actually, when you give thanks, it heals your body. When you give thanks, it actually heals your soul. When you give thanks, it actually emboldens or strengthens your connection with the Holy Spirit. Wow, come on. So if... If it, so one thing cool with this is rejoice always, pray without ceasing, and on all things give thanks. If it does not meet those standards, it cannot have access. You know what I mean by filtration system? If it does not meet these standards, it cannot have access. A thought comes, is this rejoicing always? No, it's actually quite complaining. Actually, it's actually a little bit of gossip in my head right now. Well, it's not wanted. Are you guys following me? See, when, when we make this a part of our nature, thoughts will come and they'll just bounce right off because they don't even have access, right? It's just a part of our nature not to accept it. Remember, when you walk this out consistently, Consistently, it will become a part of your nature that anything contrary to this truth will automatically be rejected. Now, one thing with the plumbing system is it removes waste. Thank you, Jesus. I'm not going to go too much detail on this, but you guys get the picture, right? So the great thing about it is, oh, I just thought of a, a lie that I believed for a long time. Does it rejoice always? No, it doesn't do that. No. Is it giving thanks? No. And, it, and because of that, we're able then to remove it. Are you guys following me? It's a great filtration system. Proverbs 17, 22. A cheerful heart is good medicine, but a broken spirit saps a person's strength. Out of the passion, a joyful, cheerful heart brings healing to the bo both body and soul, but the one whose heart is crushed struggles with sickness and depression. Wow. You know, uh, because of time, I had all these other ideas. I had like the furnishings in the house, right? So I'm thinking because thankfulness is a tool for validation. It's a tool for intimacy. It welcomes people in. See, that was a good one. And then I was thinking ceiling fan. What ceiling fan? You know, not really. And then I was like, oh, there's a faucet. What? Anyways, so a quick review. Just, it's going to be quick. So the first thing in the architecture of a thankful heart Christ is the level ground on which our foundation is built. Okay, the second thing is the foundation of a thankful heart is to know that it is will and to partner with his word to lay it. Okay, second one is being thankful enters us into safety. The fourth thing is being thankful allows his light to penetrate our darkest moments. The fifth thing is being thankful imparts wisdom and instruction even while we sleep. I love that one. That one is great. 
Being thank- and the last one is being thankful strengthens our connection to the Holy Spirit, imparting divine inspiration. Actually, that wasn't the last one. The last one is being thankful protects our, protects our whole being by removing waste and filtering out incoming contaminants. Judge a jury, have I made my case? Being thankful is his will for you. So it's not just a good idea. It's not just a self-help. It's not just good for your emotional state or mental state. It's actually his will. And remember, as I said before, there's a will for us to become, but there's also a will for us to do. So this is his will for us to become like him. So I hope that this message encouraged you and shed some light on your situation. So Lord, let's just bow our heads. Father, we just thank you for this revelation. Lord, that it is your will that we walk with a thankful heart, that we rejoice in every situation. And Lord, I am so excited because the future is bright. The future is bright when we're thankful and we honor you with our praise. In Jesus' name, amen. Can we have the healing team to come up?